0: Save your seat now at com. That's growandemaiallist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass.
1: In an effort to keep something going and keep something working, a lot of us miss out on the opportunity to take just a second to see if we can reinvent something that works even better than we could have imagined.
0: For many creatives and artists, turning a hobby into their livelihood is the ultimate dream. Whether you're a painter, illustrator, musician, poet, writer, or some other beautifully creative soul, what would it mean to make your passion your career? What if your work could go on to inspire and motivate and educate others? Now that would be something spectacular. And it's something that Danny Cook has experienced firsthand. Danny is a designer turned illustrator, a social justice advocate, and an entrepreneur. She's the founder of Oh Happy Danny, a lifestyle brand and online store that uses artwork and resources to encourage hope, to inspire justice, and to make complex ideas more accessible. I am so excited to chat with Danny about all of the major turning points in her career that thrust her work in front of an even bigger audience. And I want to talk about an important decision that she recently made to step away from a super successful business. I talk about this in the episode, but I think that we focus so much on starting the thing that we never really talk about if and when is the right time to step away from it. Danny recently made a decision to close up shop literally. And it's been incredible watching her evolve as a human being and an entrepreneur, but I think it was a bold act of bravery and I'm going to talk about why in today's episode. Danny shares what hurdles and wins came when she turned her art into her business and exactly why she decided to close down her shop and even hints at what's next in her own journey. Here she is, Danny Cook. Looking for a new show to add to your podcast library? Well, look no further than Being Boss Podcast, hosted by Emily Thompson. Being Boss is an exploration of not only what it means, but what it takes to be boss as a creative business owner, a freelancer, or a side hustler. Being Boss is another amazing resource for anyone interested in getting inspired and more importantly, getting started. I absolutely loved Emily's recent episode all about achieving work-life balance. It's a hot topic for my team as we enter the new year. Emily shares five top tactics for achieving a good work-life flow, whatever that looks like for you. And I totally resonated with how she feels about balance. Being Boss is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Listen to Being Boss wherever you get your podcasts. Danny, welcome to the Gold Digger Podcast. Hey, Jenna. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh my goodness. Yes, I have loved following your work. I've loved following your journey. I love following your life. I feel like there are so many big shifts and evolutions happening for you, which we'll talk about. But I want to get to the core of your creativity. Like, when did you first feel your creativity blossom? Like, were you always a creative little girl?
1: Yes. You know what? I was. I remember being really young and loving to sketch and draw and. I remember I would make these little business cards and tell my neighbors back when I lived in New York City, I would tell my neighbors like, hi, I can mow your grass. Here's a little business card of me mowing the lawn. And I realized that I would actually have to mow the the grass. Yeah. So I'm, I'm grateful none of my neighbors actually took me up on that offer from like an eight year old. I don't know.
0: Oh, but I Love that. I think that is adorable. Did your parents do anything to like foster your creativity or like, tell me that. Cause I'm like thinking as a mom, I'm like, how do I help my children be creative and stay creative?
1: Oh yeah. I think the biggest thing that my parents did was always say yes to like a new creative outlet that I had. So I remember there was a time where I wanted to get into making gift baskets. And so my parents would, be like, oh, OK, it would take me to Dollar Tree like it wouldn't yes. cost them a lot. <laughs> and they let me pick out maybe 10 or 20 things and I could put gift baskets together and, and sell them. And I think them just saying yes to me often really helped me try a whole lot of new things. So once I narrowed down to my main thing, what I'm doing today, yes. I knew that it was the thing
0: and I didn't have to try a million different things at this stage in my life, if that makes uh-huh. sense. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. You know, it's really interesting because you've already hinted at it, but you've kind of been an entrepreneur since you were a child from (laughs) from offering to mow lawns, thankfully not actually mowing them to making gift baskets. Were your parents entrepreneurs? Where do you think that entrepreneurial spirit came from? Oh, that's a good question. My parents are both immigrants. So I'm a
1: first generation American. And so my parents are from Jamaica and them coming over here was, you know, a struggle all in itself. So when they got here, I think they were very determined to allow me to, you know, live the American dream as much as I could, you know, to pursue what I wanted to pursue, to have opportunities that they might not have been able to have and really just chase after my dreams. And so I think that that had a lot to do with it. They really wanted to see their kids be successful. And so however they could contribute to that, they were willing to do.
0: Oh, that's amazing. So, did you ever imagine a career where your art and your creativity were at the forefront? Like, was that ever a vision or when did you realize that like art could be it for you?
1: Yeah. So, I took an art class in middle school as an elective, you know, one of those optional classes, and I loved it. We had a take-home activity every Friday where they'd give us a big piece of paper and you know, so we couldn't really trace anything. No. And they'd say, do a free drawing activity and bring it back on Monday and you'll get a grade. And so I would take that paper and I would look at those Disney VHS tapes mm-hmm. and I would draw like the Little Mermaid and I would draw like, cause I love Disney. And so I would draw those characters and I'd bring them back. And my art teacher, she'd be like, make sure you're not tracing B minus, make sure you're not tracing C plus. And I would get low grades huh. because she assumed I was tracing but she never asked me. And I really wish she would have asked me instead of like crushing my art dreams. Because After that, I decided that I wasn't going to pursue art seriously. I was like, okay, well, if I didn't do good in my art class, like, I mean, I I, I ended up with probably a high B, low A, I don't remember, but I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm not doing this. (laughs) So I switched gears and I said, well, what else is like a fun career? And so I found hospitality, which was like tied to event planning, which is a business degree. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go to school of business and major in hospitality and maybe I'll get into event planning. But that experience shifted the trajectory away from art and towards something, I guess, more serious, Mm -hmm. but fun. And after I graduated and got a career in event planning, my way in the door was marketing and graphic design, both of which I'm self-taught, as you can imagine, Mm -hmm. from all the years I've been doing it. So I was just like, yeah, that'll be my way in, but I'm going to be an event planner and that's going to be my career. But while being there, I fell in love with graphic design and marketing and I was like, oh, I'm going to do this. Yeah. So I started getting clients
0: on the side and building that dream up a little bit. Wow. I came from the wedding world. So I feel like the event world, you have an idea of it. Right. (laughs) And then when you get into it, it's, you know, you're the one literally moving the chairs and doing the tablecloths and directing the traffic. And you know what I mean? It's like, what the vision is? I think that Jennifer Lopez did us all wrong in the wedding planner when yes. she like wore the cute headphone and the cute high heels. Like that's not it. That's not at it. all. It's not it at all. Yeah. Oh Once
1: I was in that world, I was like, yeah, not my calling, not my yeah. ministry. Mm-mm. Mm-mm.
0: So, how did the graphic design then lead you to starting your own business? Walk me through how you went from serving clients, which I think a lot of people do at the beginning. Mm -hmm. creating things maybe for yourself or for your audience, creating something once that could serve many. Talk to me about that evolution.
1: Yes. So I'm going to go back to that event planning job because it's like directly linked to that. And I was building up clients on the side while also realizing that I was the only, you know, black woman in a white space. It was a small business and I encountered issue after issue related to DEI, things that could be solved if we just had a couple trainings or the owner of the company took it seriously. So I sat with the owner of the company and I was like, hey, would you consider maybe bringing someone in to talk or maybe we could read a book or I don't know. I just feel like we could really benefit from some sort of DEI initiative up in here because it's getting a little wild. And he said to me, I'll never forget it. He told me, I'm just not passionate about that. I don't see why I would spend company money or time investing into something I'm not passionate about. So he very much viewed DEI as optional because we were small business, but the size of your business does not take away from the need to treat everyone that works there with inclusion and respect. So I just took that as a, okay, I'm probably never going to be able to thrive here because this man literally just told me that my holistic thriving is not his concern. So That drove me into the direction of justice focused business or justice focused entrepreneurship, where I said, I'm going to get clients on the side and I am going to start this agency. It's going to be called So Happy Social, and I'm going to use it to help positive mission based brands use social media for maximum impact. So I'm going to partner with those brands and organizations that were too busy on the ground to be fostering up an aesthetically pleasing Instagram feed, (laughs) you know. Yeah, And I was like, that's going to be the way I get into this field because I'm just sick of this. <laughs> so I had a passion for justice my whole life as well. And so that coupled with a career in design and entrepreneurship just really worked out beautifully for me. I got really cool opportunities like working with the NAACP and Be the Bridge, which is another nonprofit dedicated to justice and racial equity. And so I was doing that and I was loving it. And this was all in 2019, by the way. So you know what year followed 2019. So after that all happened and I launched So Happy Social, I was so excited. I changed my personal Instagram to Oh Happy Danny just to match, just for brand alignment. And I got an iPad for Christmas that year and I started illustrating for fun. And I was like, ooh, I could really up level my clients' social media platforms, because who else is doing illustration like this for justice? I don't know anyone else, at least at the time I didn't know. And so I started doing that. And then on Martin Luther King Jr. Day of 2020, I posted my first justice related illustration on Instagram purely for fun. For my, I was hoping my some of my friends would see it and get the hit. But I <laughs> had like 700 followers at the time, did not care about my own Instagram at all and just posted it. And it was the first illustration to be shared by people I didn't know. Mm. And so I started an experiment and I said, I wonder if people would be more inclined to talk about the difficult things related to race and justice if the content was pretty,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: if it was aesthetically pleasing and easy to look at. And so for Black History Month, I decided to test that theory. And oh, boy, I was 100% correct. <laughs> <laughs> because at the end of February, I gained maybe 10,000 followers. And I was like, oh, this is wild. I did not foresee that for myself. Yeah. And then summer of 2020 happened.
0: And that's a whole other story in and of itself. But that kind of launched me into where I am today. So did you continue serving your clients with your social media services? Or did you recognize, wait, this is so much bigger than that. And I've got to figure out how to, you know, leverage these new eyeballs in a way because they're paying attention, which was really the goal. Mm -hmm. What was that thought process like for you?
1: Yes. So March of 2020 actually made me stop. Working with those clients because I lost them all because of COVID. Yeah. Everyone pulled their social media because they were like, we have to cut every unnecessary expense. It's a global pandemic. Little did they know. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. That that was the one thing they probably should have prioritized keeping, of course. But yeah, I lost all my clients. And I was like, well, that stinks. But in March, like I said, I had maybe a little over 10,000 followers and I started getting requests for custom illustrations from different brands. And small businesses, not really like big brands or anything, but small businesses. And so I was like, oh, I guess I could kind of pivot to that. And it worked out very well. I started to be able to do a lot more of that and still pay my bills and all that. And I was living with my parents at the time because I was still pretty, you know, young. And so that worked out as well. And then when summer happened of 2020, and we saw the deaths of, George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor. And the conversation of racial justice took center stage again. Because I had been drawing about racial justice for months and months, Mm -hmm. all of my illustrations went viral at one time Mm -hmm. after one piece went viral. People came, saw that I'd been drawing about it the whole time and everything went viral. And so I gained like 300,000 followers in one week. Whoa. Would not recommend. I, I know people yeah. want to go viral so bad.
0: Talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's overwhelming. I went viral for a very different thing, but it is no one can tell you what to do because no one knows. No one <laughs> like knows. You're jumping on a spaceship and you don't even know where you're going, you know? Yes.
1: Absolutely. And at this time, you know, not a whole lot of people were jumping into illustration related to social justice and the Black Lives Matter movement because. You got to be very, <laughs> it's one of those things that you got to be very nuanced in particular with, Yeah. right? So like you said, yeah. there wasn't hardly anyone that I could look to and be like, so how do you handle your illustrated yeah. infographics going viral on Instagram? And like, I had Instagram, people from Instagram setting up meetings with me, like, can you talk to us about what's going on? Because we've never oh, seen wow. this. So yeah. there's that, like, oh, cool. The art is reaching so many people and touching so many lives. And then there's also, oh, I'm getting harassed and mm-hmm. people are attacking me every day and I'm getting mm-hmm. 10 page documents of why I'm wrong being emailed to me. And, and uh, it's just a lot because going viral and dealing with all that is one thing. Dealing with that in the middle of a global pandemic and a racial revolution yeah. is, a, is another thing entirely because there's grief that you're also working through and there's loss and there's hard topics that you're talking about. And so I was able to do what I could do for a while, but it quickly got overwhelming. I burned out a couple of times. I had to really dial back and let the people know, you know, I'm not a resource. I'm a person. Yes. The content that I create is a reflection of who I am and what I know at this point in time. And if that doesn't fully serve you, that's okay. Because that's not my job is not to be
0: able to fully serve you. And so I had to make boundaries really early on. What did you, you know, I'm just thinking because my own viral experience is very different and not at all comparative because I just think about what you just said, the heaviness around why you were going viral Mm -hmm. and the reality of like the realization that you have had for a long time, but now everyone is waking up to it, which is beautiful and also heavy. Mm -hmm. And so how did you navigate, you know, all of these opportunities coming in and all of these, you know, emotions? I have to imagine it was very high highs and low lows. Mm-hmm. What did you do?
1: Yeah. So there were a lot of different things I learned to quickly how to navigate. Yeah. One was people who are asking like they want to help you, who want something out of you. Mm-hmm. And you'd be surprised even in a climate that we were in at that time with the severity of the subject, you would assume that people wouldn't be reaching out to try to take advantage of me, but oh, oh, not true. (laughs) So there's navigating what actual help was versus people who were just trying to take advantage of me. Mm -hmm. And then there was brands reaching out. Like I had a brand who wanted me to do like a show. I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. We, it's literally July, 2020. Like this thing is just getting started and you want to put me on a show. I really don't even feel like you understand the gravity of of this, you know? Like, yeah. so, so there's different, I had to sift through this brand really is trying to put out messaging that they care about this. This is an option of a brand to work with versus this brand wants to take one of my art pieces that went viral and slap it on a, insert object here. So I don't get anyone in trouble (laughs) and purely they want to call it, you know, the BLM collection. So those two are not the same. And I had to learn on my own really to navigate what that looked like. It really just came back to what were these brands saying, but also what were they doing behind closed doors? Like what were the numbers what were the opportunities that made sense for me that were not predatory in nature, people who wanted a lot and wanted to pay a little, you know, Yeah. and someone who was working in the justice space, that doesn't mean I don't have bills to pay and I don't need to put food on my own table, you know? Yeah.
0: So there was a lot of different stuff to navigate early on. Definitely. Trust me when I say I am not the most tech savvy entrepreneur out there. Like, you will not hear me saying it's almost too easy when I'm talking about tech because tech usually isn't easy, especially for me. Tech for me is usually too complicated, too busy, and too frustrating when it should be just plain easy. Until now. HubSpot CRM platform is ridiculously easy to use, learn, and love. That's because it's a handcrafted, sophisticated system designed for the way teams actually work, not a bunch of cobbled together tools that don't work well together. With a suite of powerful tools that seamlessly connects your teams and customizable hubs that you can add or subtract as you grow, it's not almost too easy to use. It's easy to use, Period. Imagine giving your clients a delightful experience and having a delightful time doing it. Learn how HubSpot can help your business grow better at HubSpot.com. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash digger, and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. From a business standpoint, because you're creating these infographics that for people to use, share, leverage, it's free. So Mm -hmm. how did you transition that in a way to pay your bills and make it an actual business? Because what we see today is very Mm -hmm. different than what we would have seen in 2020, Mm -hmm. which was also very different than what we saw in 2021 and 22. So like, I mean, Mm -hmm. I feel like you've lived eight lifetimes in the last two years, you know, when you think about all of the evolutions that you've been through, but where did you start? To monetize and really say, like, no, you like you need to pay for this. And what did that look like for you?
1: Yes. Oh, I love talking about the business side of this. Okay, I hope I get. I was
0: like, I don't know if that's inappropriate to ask, but like, oh no, you got to start charging.
1: (laughs) People don't ask me about the business side enough, so you're about to get everything I wish people would ask me. So yes, the wild thing about. My business, and I think it just goes to show how important the subject matter is and how much people really want to do better. Is from 2020 to literally today, the demand is something that I have never been able to keep up with. And that's a blessing, in my opinion, but it was also so, so difficult. So imagine me, all this art going viral. I don't know what's going on. I'm on a Today show, and then all of a sudden, people want art. So, I took three of the most popular designs and I turned them into prints. I had really nice people who own shops telling me their favorite companies to get stuff from. And that leads me to this first side point. That's not the main point. We can't, I learned really quickly that being a gatekeeper doesn't serve anyone. There's certain things to protect because of the proprietary nature, like you're a brand. But then there's other things to where there's people who are just trying to figure out these early steps and the help that I was given from small business owners changed the game for me. And I want to be someone from, from here on out or continue to be someone who's not afraid to share and help other people. So anyway, I got so much help and I had so many different vendors to choose from. So I picked a certain vendor and I produced three prints and I, <laughs> Jenna, I called it a pre-order, but I only bought like 200 of each print. And I just wanted to see like if people would actually buy it.
0: Group of concept, baby.
1: (laughs) I was like, that's (laughs) not, that is not a pre-order. That is not what that is. (laughs) But listen, I was teaching myself out here.
0: We don't know what we don't know,
1: Danny. We don't know. So imagine my surprise when I post available now for pre-order and all the prints gone In 10 minutes. Yeah, of course. 10 minutes. That might even be generous. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, crap. Well, they're confused because I said the pre-order is sold out and they know that doesn't make any sense. And so I, I had friends help me pack those and send those out. And then I ordered a whole lot more. And then the journey began of me hiring friends and us packing in my parents' dining room hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of prints to the point where it just was quickly unsustainable. Like I'm supposed to be drawing right now. Like we're in the middle of a racial reckoning and I can't be sitting here packing these prints. So we paused the shop and I said, let me give me some time to build something up, get more designs and get a website together. And so the website was ready, I think in November of 2020. And I opened it up. And from then on, I had a shop. So that official opening of the Oh Happy Daddy shop on my website had maybe eight different print designs. And I loved it. I thought it was so cool. And then I was able to hire another person. And I had somebody doing the shop and someone doing admin. And then me, it was a small team of three. And I was like, oh, so cool. And it was cool for a little while. Yeah. And a I'm sure you have other questions cuz I could keep going but that's kind of how no. it
0: started that's how it started. Oh, I I love this so much and Danny posted something early in the summer and I like reached out for the second she posted it because I was really inspired by it. And what it was, and I want you to tell it in your own words, but just that she was choosing to close her shop. And I knew how successful it had been. I knew that she could keep that engine running for years and reap the Mm -hmm. reward. And I was so inspired, Danny, because I feel like I had this amazing expert on my podcast once, Dr. Maya Shanker, and she talked about this idea of identity foreclosure. And the notion was, is that we like hold on to things for too long because... Our identity is wrapped up in them. And Mm. I saw your act of saying, Hey, this was great, and I'm going to shut it down. And I saw that as an act of bravery, in a sense of saying, My identity is not wrapped up in this. And I know I can reinvent myself in a million different ways, and I can't wait to see what I do next. Mm -hmm. Walk through that decision? Because I think as entrepreneurs, a lot of times it's easy for us to, not easy, but it's an easier decision to leave a nine to five or something that we don't have that ownership around, but it's a lot harder to step away from something that you've built from the ground up. So tell me about that.
1: Absolutely. Yes. I closed the shop and I don't regret it a bit. (laughs) (laughs) I loved the journey that it took me on, but I will say once we got into 2021 and I realized I looked up and realized that I had hired people and this was a thing now. I'm running a business business with employees who are affected by my decisions. And I quickly realized how much of a bottleneck it was because injustice never took a break. And I'm here trying to conceptualize and speak to the very difficult things happening in the news and in the world. And at the same time I have all this technical business owner, CEO type stuff to attend to and to deal with. And at the same time, I'm doing brand deal after brand deal, speaking engagement after speaking engagement. And then business stuff would get really hard. <laughs> I'm sure you know the ins and outs of the kinds of things that I'm talking about, things that are so unexpected, And I was being pulled in a million different directions and I had to sit and decide, okay, what I'm being pulled in all of this. And every single thing here can make me successful. Every shop launch that I had at least five figures, every time the shop each year, multiple six figures, like I could have kept going and it could have been amazing (laughs) Mm -hmm. because the only reason why I'm sure it didn't even
0: get bigger than it was, was because I didn't want to scale. Mm-hmm. Every time I was you. presented Yeah, exactly. Not in a bad way. It was just you saying I don't need this to be bigger.
1: Yes. I didn't want to. Exactly. So every time I was presented with an opportunity to scale, I was like, nope. oh no, because that nope. that sounds like a lot. <laughs> and so you can imagine I'm now running a business that's at its max. Yeah. I am burnt out completely. And I, you know, I have all these other parts of my life that are are losing the best of me because mm-hmm. I'm giving the best of me to this business. Mm-hmm. And oh, my friendships were suffering. I felt like I didn't even have time to go outside. I got in therapy and and I was like, I think I need to do better at self-care. And she was like, oh honey, we're not talking about self-care right now. <laughs> you don't even sleep on time. You don't even... <laughs> We're talking about
0: the basics of being a human first. Yes.
1: (laughs) She was like, self care is not the conversation. (laughs) And so I quickly knew that I needed to choose myself. And so imagine running a successful business and waking up one day and being like, oh, I don't want to be a CEO. Mm -hmm. Huh? How do you do that? And so I realized that I'm not saying no to the shop for forever because I did find so much joy in so many parts of the business, but I knew that I needed to pursue other dreams and you know i have a fiance now i'd love to be able to spend time with him i'd love to be able to like date him we've been in a long distance relationship this whole time so i'm like moving how exciting is that you know mm-hmm. and these are all the things that are going on in my mind as i'm getting ready to make this decision i'm like i'm about to move i'm in love i have other dreams that i'd like to pursue i'm tired And so I I said goodbye to my team and I closed the shop and it was what was best for me at the time. And I'm very grateful for the opportunity and for all the people who loved the shop so well and supported it so well. There was never a day where I was like, oh, this shop is not going well because it always did.
0: Gosh, I'm like listening to this and I have goosebumps because I just think this is such a powerful and necessary conversation. And, you know, we all hear those statistics of like, you know, one in five businesses don't make it past blah, 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 and all these things. And it's like, we're taught that like, just to like keep surviving as an entrepreneur is, is an accomplishment, which it is, Mm -hmm. but to step away from something that is very successful And to just say, I'm going to choose me right now. Like that is probably one of the best messages we've ever had on this show. And Mm -hmm. I also love too, that you said, I'm not saying no, not ever. I'm just saying no, not right now. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that idea of identity foreclosure really traps us into thinking like that our identities are like this fixed state, like who we are and what we do and, and how we add value to the world is this like one thing. And I think you're proving that like evolution is the most beautiful gift you can give yourself. Yes. (laughs) You know, was there any pushback? Because I have to imagine that there are some people who are entrepreneurial in your life or people that are like, you're crazy. What are you doing? Just let it run. You could outsource it. You don't even have to touch it. Were Mm -hmm. there any people pushing back on that notion?
1: Well, the people who were closest to me are the ones that I really let speak into things like that. Because if you're not that close and you're trying to speak into something you don't know anything about, yes. please back up. <laughs> but the people who were closest to me, they saw the effect that it was having on me. So at that point, the money didn't matter. The possibilities to do X, Y, Z with it didn't matter. They're like, oh, you need to jump ship. My therapist was like, please, you have to figure out a way... Something in your life needs a hard stop. And my health was also at risk. There was so much going on behind the scenes. And so in my mind, I'm like, oh, but what about digital downloads for my art? And what about blah, blah, blah. And, you know, there's so many things that I probably could do right now. Passive income is possible in so many different ways. But what if I take a beat to find the best way to serve my audience? -hmm. In this next season. What if it's not about surviving right now and figuring it out? But what if it's taking a step to do something even more wonderful and magnificent and that can serve so many other people, that's accessible, that generates the kind of income that I want without all this backbreaking labor, you know? Mm -hmm. I think in an effort to keep something going and keep something working, a lot of us miss out on the opportunity to take just a second to see if we can reinvent something that Works even better than we could have imagined. And that's what I'm in the middle of doing right now. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, I could outsource a shop, but what if I want to transform the way I approach the shop? Mm-hmm. What if I want it to have a different vibe and a different feel? And what if I can't put digital downloads online because of copyright and intellectual property and things that are happening behind the scenes that would benefit from me taking it slow? You know what I mean? hmm. So I'm, I'm just like, trying to. Over be here. Yes.
0: Yes. <laughs> This is so powerful. One thing that I love about kind of where you're at, because I imagine it's going to be a little bit for a while, is that a lot of us can maybe let go of things if we know what the next step is. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We are humans that crave certainty. And Mm -hmm. it's wild because when we look at the last few years for the world, collectively in a pandemic world, we didn't have certainty. Like that is something that we have learned to adjust to, to be resilient, to be adaptable, all these things. What I love about what you're saying, Danny, is that you stepped away without knowing exactly what was next, without knowing for sure this is the next thing is going to be the smashing hit. And I love it because I think it's easy to let something go when you know exactly what's coming next. Walk me through what it feels like right now to kind of be in a season of trying things and working on things behind the scenes and not announcing your work to the world in a way that mm-hmm. maybe you want talk to me about that.
1: Yeah. I love that differentiation that you made because I have always been, and I honestly still am the kind of person that makes sure that there's at least a safety net. So mm-hmm. when I left my event planning job, I had a savings account of several paychecks or partial paychecks just in case. So happy social didn't work out the way I wanted it to. And to this day, I haven't had to use it for any kind of emergency because the dream just really took off in a beautiful way. And at this point, yes, there are unknown. And yes, there are also things that are a sure thing that behind the scenes I'm working on. So, you know, I'm not going to take a leap that could result in me just being completely broke and never having anything, you know, there's wisdom in really navigating like my financial next steps. And so, yep. Some of those are set in stone because of some projects that I'm working on behind the scenes, but it takes so much discipline to, even if something is happening behind the scenes, to not, to be okay with not announcing it to the world.
0: Yes.
1: Yeah. To be okay with, you know, this may be one thing that's sure, but there's so many other things that used to be sure that are not. So what about that? And yes, I feel as though social media and the way that it's changed in these last couple of years it can really have people thinking that they have to tell everyone their every move or they're not moving. Hmm. Yes. yes. So yes. So I had to really dial back from that and be like, what if I didn't do that though? What if I dived into creating the kind of content that I wish I had capacity to create this whole year and having that extra time to listen and to speak into something where I can make a piece of content that lives on for the next several years? Because that's what happened in 2020. I made pieces of content that have taken off a life of its own and have lived for years (laughs) and encouraged people and equipped people. And so what if I'm not chasing that next thing, but trying to build a foundation where something can live on for many, many years. And that's what I want to do. I kind of want to, instead of growing, you know, up really quickly, I'd like to grow down a little bit and get some roots going. And I know that if I water it and I take care of it, Mm -hmm. then I will see the fruit of that and it will blossom. And in a way we're like a tree for years and years and years and years. And so I think we're so used to chasing the quick and the hustle and the grind and the now. And I did that for a long time and I'm ready to try something new And something
0: that I know will keep producing beyond even me. That right there. I mean, that could be a mic drop moment, except for I have like two more questions. (laughs) 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 That was so powerful. And I just, there is something about protecting your creativity. And I feel like in a world that is so show and tell, and that's what we kind of become accustomed to is like, create, collect feedback, you know, pivot, whatever that looks like there's something super sacred about protecting your creation process and your creativity. And, you know, thinking back, back to you as a little girl, it's like, you know, you loved your creations and your parents fostered them you didn't need anyone to speak into that. And I think there's something beautiful about kind of getting back to those roots in a way. Mm -hmm. So I want to know if somebody was listening to this and they maybe felt the way that you did about your print shop, where it was wonderful and it was doing well, but something needed to change and it was affecting your life or your relationships. What kind of advice would you give them if they're listening to this and they feel convicted because maybe their business doesn't fit them any longer? Maybe it's not the right business for them any longer. What would you say?
1: Oh yeah, that's good. I'd first ask who you're doing it for. You know, I think I got so caught up in the idea for a long time of this is what the people want. (laughs) I need to give them what they want that I lost sight of what I needed, you know? And so at the end of the day, we create ideas and businesses and brands, you know, with the hope that we're serving other people. But at the end of the day, we want to be true to ourselves. We're the ones that we go to bed with every night. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I think if it's costing you your peace, if it's costing you time with your loved ones, the ability to pursue other things, the ability to rest and take a break, then ask yourself, like, am I serving myself well? And if not, how can I create space to maybe if I can't afford to stop everything right now, what can I give up in an effort to reclaim some of my peace and my rest back? Because you have one life. You You have to live and I want you to not just get by surviving, like I want you to thrive. And so I would definitely ask myself if I was someone else navigating this, who am I doing this for? And am I, am I serving myself well with this or am I losing in so many different ways at the detriment of the people I love the most in my life or my own personal peace and
0: safety and well being? Hmm. that's the first thing. Definitely. That's amazing. And that's a beautiful place to start. My final question is how is your self-care today? Huh? <laughs> like?
1: <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to say some things that probably sound so obvious, but remember I was in a very detrimental state and <laughs> we, we had to get back to the basics. I start work at nine and I it at five. Listen up. I give myself a nine to five. I know you know about this entrepreneurial 24-7. You know, mm-hmm. I left my nine to five so I can work 24-7. Absolutely not. No, I did not. <laughs> I'm not doing that anymore. And so I start at nine, I end at five. I owe it to myself to have a pause button. And that can be difficult when you're doing something that you actually love. But uh, part of it, an issue that I had with my business a few months ago caused me to have to get a work phone. So now I have two phones. There we go. My phone with my social media on it, on a good day, I turn it off at five. That's also the phone that has my business contacts and my agents and all that. I will get back to you tomorrow at 9 a.m., you know? Mm -hmm. So that was really helpful for me personally. And then I read a lot more. And I think as a creator, and I know there might be other creators who can resonate with this, you feel like every idea that you share has to be an original idea. You had to really come up with it, It had to be yours. And and that's like how you build a, a brand. But I'm quickly realizing, especially in the field of justice work, that there's so much beauty and honoring and soaking in the words of the people who came before us, because a lot of the times we're not always imagining something new. We're reimagining something that has already been here. And so, diving into the concept of reimagination has taken such a load off of my shoulders because it's like, why can't I reference this speech that Dr. King made and draw art inspired by it and talk about my own thoughts that come with it? Like, why can't I allow myself to do that? I would struggle with the balance between reimagination and having to come up with something brand new. So, anyway, I really think that self care for me has looked like soaking in the words of those who have come before me. And if it naturally leads to inspiration for new art, or new words, or new ideas that could serve other people that I allow it to naturally flow there. And I don't break my back trying to consistently reinvent the wheel. So that's a big part uh, for me. And then, of course, being easier on myself when it comes to text messages and getting back to people, people in my life. Now know that Danny loves you. And, and Danny will text you back, but she's going to give herself grace to not do it right at the moment that you texted her. And it's just these little changes that have just really brought me back up to, you know, sea level. (laughs) Love that.
0: Yeah. Where can everybody find you and connect with you and learn more about you and watch whatever happens next? Give me all the places. Yes.
1: So you can find me everywhere at Oh Happy Danny. So that's Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and TikTok. And yeah, ohhappydanny.com if you want
0: any more information about what might be coming next. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This felt very special. And I am so excited for our audiences to get to hear this part of your life and this conversation. So thanks for coming on. Of course. Thank you for having me. Wow, that was incredibly powerful and almost like a permission slip for you if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, it's working, so shouldn't I be happier? Or it's successful, so why would I step away? But I feel like today's episode has a really powerful message for us all, that the gift of evolution is one you should bestow upon yourself, one you should invite into your life. And that if something that you started, something that is working no longer serves you or fits into the life you want to have, it's okay. In fact, it's even brave to step away. I really loved this conversation. And I hope that you go and support Danny and follow her wherever she goes next. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Until next time, keep on digging your biggest goals.